Welcome to the Dashboard Effect Podcast. I'm Rick Thompson. I'm Caleb Oaks. How's it going, Caleb? Pretty good. Before we jump in, I want to let everybody know, once again, head to our website, check out all the resources we've got out there, blog posts, uh, things like that for you to hopefully get even more value out of the podcast. You can find old podcast episodes there, too. Yeah, we're coming up on... Actually, this might be our 100th episode, I think. Is it? I think it is. I think it might be number 100. All right. Yeah, I'll have to go look. (laughs) This feels too casual. (laughs) (laughs) Go get some champagne or something. Yeah, right, exactly. At least some beers. 100th episode. (laughs) That's pretty crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. Okay. Well, all 100 episodes on our website. Yeah, yeah, they're all there. So, bluemargin.com. There's a section called resources. You can find all kinds of stuff there. Yep. Cool. All right. What are we talking about today? Uh, let's talk about managing some data talent. Yeah. You know, and how you might go about doing that, all the various things and how we think about it um, here. Yeah. Okay. And I think about it, as you say, managing, there's a whole management component. There's a procuring component. There's retention. Um, and then there's um, sort of upskilling and... I mean, there's just a lot to yep. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's something we have a lot of experience doing because that's what most of our talent here is. Yep. And we also have a lot of experience watching uh, companies, mid-market companies struggle with this. Yeah. And and it, I think years ago, it was always a bit of a mystery to me because uh, our customers would ask us to help and interview and we would and they would find good people. But it seemed like a lot of the times those people weren't around very long. That's true, right? That was that's definitely the biggest thing that we saw, right? Yeah, it's easy to get people in the door, but then, you know, I don't know how many times we heard from an old client like, "Oh, so and so left, and now we have no idea what's going on." Yeah, no, it's just kind of a bummer. It is, and so maybe we can think of uh, attracting and retaining good data talent as mm-hmm. sort of the same bucket. What do you think are the critical things for doing that? Uh, you know, I just helped a client hire somebody. And as I was helping them with, you know, kind of bolstering the job description to make it seem a little bit more appealing to good people, um, I, I recommended, um, you know, just, just kind of boasting about the cool technology that they would be able to use. Now, in our case, we were using like the latest and greatest Azure data tools and like actually really cool stuff. Yeah. So maybe you don't have necessarily that, but um, I think it is to someone that's going to be, a, say, it's just a data engineer, you know, the tools that they're going to learn um, are important to them. It's important to to progress them in their career that they're going to learn tools that are popular and um, going to, you know, advance their careers be as valuable. a whole, right? Yeah. And whether the careers within that employer or somewhere else. That's mm-hmm. something they're they're focused on. Well and actually people who are in IT generally I think are looking for some kind of continuous learning. Yeah. Right. So I actually this came up the other day. So how do you make sure you have continuous learning when you're hiring very senior, really, really talented data talent? That's a good question. I don't know. <laughs> I mean I mean, just ha- just having new new projects and stuff is good to keep them, you know, engaged. For sure. What were you going to say? Well, so I was thinking about the most, the best, the most talented people I deal with in IT and in data are very self driven around 
um, continuous learning and education. And I've found, I think, what I've observed is that if you simply give people the resources, be willing to pay for training courses or for a website that they can learn about something or for, you know, a, a test environment that they can do things. Um, support their desire to do a project that may not be on the bullseye of what you're doing now, but would be something that might help later or may just allow them to advance their knowledge. I mean, more often than not, when I see someone get excited about a technology that we're not using and then we, en we enable or encourage them to dig into it, we end up incorporating it because it's yeah, usually it's, something good. It's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a better strategy than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Me, the I don't know strategy. Yeah, right, right, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I probably didn't put the question right. I was thinking of it more in, you know, you end up with senior technical people, and you still have that need for continuous learning. Right. And if they're topped out, you know, I, my son is a computer programmer, recent, recent grad from college with a computer science degree. And, He's working for a guy who's older than me, who hasn't been a programmer for a long time. And so my son, who's only 23 or 24, um, knows stuff better than this guy. So this guy can't really teach him new stuff, but the guy can direct him. He can connect him with someone who can teach him. He can get him the resources, that type of thing to keep him excited, keep him motivated, you know, help him, help him get rid of the roadblocks. Yeah. Type of thing. Yeah, it's a good point. All right, so so I think that continuous learning is critical, and so if you're if you're looking for good talent, make sure that you have a plan for having that going, and then make sure you talk about it. Yeah. And then I think the next one, big one for me, I think, is just making sure you have meaningful work. If you have drudge work, if it's just kind of like factory line work, I mean, you might keep someone who's really good talent for a little while. Especially as they're trying to improve the process, but it's gonna it's gonna get old for them. I think. Yeah, I think that's a that's a really good one. Uh, I think I think bridging the gap between like what you're asking somebody to do and what uh, and the reason why, like connecting the work that you're having them do to the larger, you know, initiatives that the company is taking on. Like we need to decrease our cogs or something, I don't know, whatever yeah. it is, um, attaching the reason why they're to this person's work, that makes it that much more um, yes. you know, attractive. Yeah, I like that. So attach it to that, to that goal, but, well, not but. In addition, make sure there's visibility for your good data people to how it is impacting the business. Yeah. Right. You know, don't, don't just leave them in the dark. You asked them for something, they gave it to you, and you disappeared and you went out and increased, you know, profit margin, that profit margin is by 4% using their thing. Make sure they know about that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's actually a really good point. I think I think it's easy to get into that mode. Yeah. Right. When I, another early in my career story, when I was um, just an analyst and I was cranking out reports, I would give the, I would send reports every week to a bunch of different people. Um, and I never really knew like how they used it or like why they even needed it. Like I, I could kind of guess, but I never heard from them, you know, and that would have been really cool. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Thanks. I used your data to, I was able to do this or that. Or well, it's whatever. super gratifying. That's one of yeah. the most gratifying things for me about doing, you know, fractional data work 
is hearing that success story. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's fun to work on the technology yeah. and, you know, geek out on that stuff. But it's it's really fun to hear about how someone improved their business or their situation or solved a problem through something clever that you did. Yeah, right. Exactly. That's like a really that. good point. Yeah. Okay. Well, and along those same lines, maybe this goes back to the continuous learning is, is new challenges. So I would be really careful about hiring uh, a really high quality data resource and not, not changing around what they're doing. Um, be careful of that. You know, it's fine that you got a big project you need to work on for the next nine months. Okay, good. But after that, be looking for something different mm-hmm. or they're going to go find something different somewhere else, right. I think. Yeah. I, yeah. Well, we've seen it, right? I've definitely I've observed that. Right. Yeah. I've been surprised by it. Like, oh, I thought they were happy. Well, they were. Yeah. They just wanted something. They want to do something better. different. Yeah. Different. Yeah. Different. And, more and challenging. Hopefully you can figure out a way to do that. Maybe you can't. Maybe you don't have that in your company, but I would be thinking hard about that. Along those same lines, I would be careful about hiring very specific, talented data resource to do a job that's going to end soon without a plan for, okay, where am I going to use that person next? Mm-hmm. And don't just assume that they'll, you know, let's say you hire a, a, a data pipelines person who's good at doing API programming and, and getting your pipelines built, and he's built the eight that you need for your company. Um, and then you say, okay, well, maybe you can be a modeler now. So go help the go help the analysts with that. Well, be sure when you're hiring that person that that's going to be good for them. Yeah. Or you may lose them. Right. Right. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. I think that that's, that is definitely something that comes up. Um, I don't know where I was going. I had a thought. Now it's gone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not challenging you enough. (laughs) Um, I had another thought as I was thinking about this, which was uh, having a collaborative work environment. Again, this may just be along the same lines of continuous learning and challenges and so on. Um, I think IT people get a reputation as we're all a bunch of introverts. Just leave us alone. Let us do our coding. And there certainly is some of that. And, you know, more power to you if that's what you like to do. But I see more than that. People like working on teams. They like collaborating. They like bouncing ideas off of each other. I know, I know it can be harder when you're in a remote work environment, but you can still make sure there's opportunities for that. You know, people are doing hackathons or, or whatever you're doing. And then working together on teams to get things done. You know, that collaborative thing I think is important. Yeah, it's it's it kind of goes back to the learning piece, right? Where I think so. I think it's all kind of part of that. Feel yeah. kind of like you're learning more. Um, but I think, you know, one of the one easy way, easy, uh, an easier way to make that happen for someone like I just think about our clients. Sometimes they're. The person they bring in is just the only person, right? right? Um, yeah. yeah. But so, like, get them involved in some, like, so there's things like SQL Saturdays. There's uh, other, like, meetup groups that are around um, technology. I mean, I'm sure there's whatever you can think of out there, like some Power BI groups. If you got a Power BI developer, like, encourage that because then they'll get that, like, collaboration and pure uh, learning that way. And you don't necessarily have to have a team of five people. 
that those are great ideas. I hadn't been thinking about going going outside. Yeah. So use those outside things. We do that a lot here, especially for executive development. We try to encourage people to have outside groups they're collaborating with. Sometimes it's helpful just to get that outside perspective, mm-hmm. just get right. a different view, right? Understand what other people are grappling with and learning about. And all exactly. That. All right. Where do you find these people? <laughs> that's that's a, that is that's a great question. question. I mean, I've, what I've always um, told the managers that report to me, the, the engineering managers, the people that do the hiring um, here at Blue Margin, is you've got to go find them. Like, look at um, LinkedIn. Go search for people. If if you're hiring remote, that's great. If you're hiring that you you want someone locally, just look for people that have job titles yeah. like the ones that you're after. Um, and the and the best thing that I've uh, seen from us and that for it to work, we've hired a few people that way, um, is for the hiring manager to reach out and say, Hey, I have this thing we need to do. I think you might be a good fit. Do you want to go grab coffee? Yeah. Right. That is hands down the best way to find someone who's going to be a good fit and who's going to be good. Otherwise, you know, there's always the traditional routes like indeed, just putting a job posting out there, making sure you have the right keywords and stuff in it. Um, and then rolling through the resumes. Yeah. All right. I, actually, so I love the LinkedIn approach. I was thinking about that too. I almost don't think it's worth talking about the other approaches because we're all going to do Indeed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But really to find that super high quality person, they're working somewhere already probably. Yeah. They're probably not looking for a job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can hire a recruiter, but that's kind of an impersonal outreach. It seems like a lot of work. It almost feels like you're making a sales call, which could be you know, intimidating to people, but it's not. You're talking to people in, you know, in your field yeah. about stuff that you're into. And and we've found that very often people are very receptive there. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like, let's just see if, if this sounds interesting to you and if I think you'd be a good fit for this role, right? It's, it's pretty casual. And, you know, even if it's a no, you've made a connection with someone that might be a yes down the road. Yeah. Okay, I'm not going to try to improve on that. I, <laughs> I got one good answer right today. <laughs> not yet, more than one. <laughs> All right, well, uh, that wraps it. Episode 100. All right. Thanks, Look Kyle. <laughs> See you, Caleb. See you.